Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Rome. And as he gets to chapter 6, he says, starting in verse 1, What shall we say then? Shall we continue to sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we, who died to sin, live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Dear Lord, thank you for your word, for how your word comes alive in our hearts as we read it. And we pray, Lord, that, that this text would come alive to us today that you would use your servant Paul to open this up to us and um, and to change our hearts this morning, Lord, by drawing us ever closer to yourself. We pray for Paul that you would give him clarity of thought and clarity of speech and that you would give him passion for what you have laid upon his heart for us this morning. So thank you for this time, Lord, and speak to us. Your servants are listening. In Jesus' name, amen. So today's sermon is actually um, the Church of God Introduced Part 2 because last week it was the Church of God Introduced Part 1. So I should have put that on the the heading there, but it would have kind of made it more uh, confused, I think. What I really want to speak about as you can see, is the church's relationship to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And uh, this is a subject that uh, is often neglected, um, but there are some very, very important things that we can learn from this. Remember that the church is, uh, is a new, it's called in Ephesians chapter 2, a new man, a new thing. In uh, Colossians chapter 3, oh sorry, Colossians chapter 1, uh, Paul says this about the church. 
I now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God, which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God, the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. And uh, that mystery is about Christ in us in uh, verse 27, which is a reflection of the doctrine of the church. Christ was not in people before um, before the uh, day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. We know why. <laughs> because Jesus, of course, was living and, and uh, teaching and... Uh, was physically present upon earth at that time. So he couldn't be in us at that particular time. Some people teach, in fact a lot of people teach, that the church has always existed. The church can be found in the Old Testament. But the church cannot be found in the Old Testament. What we find is... is, is uh, God dealing specifically with Israel, the nation of Israel. And we've been covering that in some detail in this series. But now we're talking about this new thing, the church. And this passage, there are other passages too that I want to call your attention to, but this passage in, in Romans 6 helps us to understand the newness of the church. And that newness is connected with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So the church is connected to the resurrection. And as the church is connected to the resurrection of Christ, it cannot have existed before the resurrection of Christ. Do you see that? Some people just neglect that. They neglect to see that there is this vital relationship between us, born-again believers in the church, and the resurrection of Jesus. But when they do see that, when they do take that seriously, then as uh, day follows night, it's important to understand that there can be no church before the resurrection. The church is a resurrection entity. So that is uh, the first thing that I want to say. It's a very, very important teaching. This passage, it has a number of uh, challenging passages in it. And so let's clear away some possible misunderstandings about Romans chapter 6. It talks about baptism. Can you see verse 3? Baptized into Christ Jesus. And again, many interpreters take this to be water baptism or Actually, most of them would take it to be sprinkling, you know, baby sprinkling. They will use a passage like this for that. This passage is not talking about water baptism. And Paul is often, when he talks about baptism, not talking about water baptism. He does, uh, it's quite clear from the context, for example, in 1 Corinthians 1, when he is talking about that, there he says, I don't know whether I baptize such and such a person or this person. 
so obviously he's referring to water baptism there. But there are other passages here and uh, Ephesians 4, for example, where he speaks about one church, one body, one baptism. He's speaking about another kind of baptism. He's speaking about the baptism with the Holy Spirit. The baptism with the Holy Spirit. And we can see that if we just pay attention to this passage. Because he's talking here about being baptized into, not water, but into Christ. And into his death. Well, baptism, water baptism, is not something that can... uh, can put you into Jesus Christ and can't put you into his death and cannot, by uh, connection with uh, his uh, life, bring you into connection with the Holy Spirit. If it could, well, let's just all get baptized. We don't have to believe at all. We wouldn't have to trust in Jesus at all. We just need to get dunked and come up again and we'd all be good, yes? So obviously he's not talking about water baptism there. He's talking about the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Jesus in John 14 says that when he departs, he would send the Spirit. And uh, the disciples were told, you know, just wait in Jerusalem and uh, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And we can see from other passages in the book of Acts that that baptism is connected with all of those who come to Jesus Christ and believe in his death and his resurrection on their behalf. So this baptism then, be clear, it's not water baptism, it's spirit baptism. If you have trusted Jesus as your personal savior, then the Holy Spirit came to you And he baptized you into the death of Christ so that you are identified with the death of Christ. Yes, Paul says, I'm crucified with Christ. Yes? Well, you can't be that unless you're spiritually connected to Christ's death. And that's what the baptism of the Holy Spirit does. But then, you don't stay dead, do you? You you are regenerated. You're born again. You are connected to the risen Christ, to the life of Christ, and the Holy Spirit does that. So when we do water baptisms, that is a sign, okay, a symbol of what has happened to you spiritually. What's the most important baptism? That which is of the Spirit, obviously, and baptism with water is a witness, a witness to your loved ones, a witness to the devil, a witness to unbelievers, a witness to God of your new life. All right, I wanted to say that to get that out of the way so that we could clearly understand what Paul is saying here in this passage. So, Paul asks the question in verse 3. Do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. That baptism, as I've said, connects us with 
the death of Christ on the cross. That is such an important thing. To be connected with Jesus Christ in his death and his crucifixion is absolutely necessary if our sins are going to be washed away. If our sins are going to be forgotten by God. We must take part, as it were, in the resurrection of Jesus Christ through belief in him and through connection with that resurrection. You say, why? Because, folks, you need your old person, your unbelieving person, needs to be dead if you're going to have life with God. If it is not dead, if it is not reckoned dead by God, that means that old life stands before God and is responsible before the judgment seat. That's not what you want. That's not what I want. I want my old life, my old sins, my old me to be done away with so that God does not see that old person again. And praise God, that's what the Holy Spirit does when you trust him. He connects you with the cross of Christ. He also uses another metaphor here in verse 4. Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death. Well, Christ was buried. Again, the old man, he's dead and he's buried. Now what Paul's going to do later on in this chapter, he's going to say, if these things are true as of you as a believer, then for goodness sake, don't live as if that's not true. Don't live as if you have, your sins have not been judged. Don't live as if you don't have power and responsibility over your choices, whether you serve God or whether you serve yourself. We are baptized into the death of Christ. We are buried also through that spirit baptism into death. Now that is the first part of the good news that we need to hear if we're going to be rightly related to God. But it does entail us understanding something very important about ourselves. And that is, we deserve, we deserve to be dead. We deserve to be punished by God for our sins. Thank God Jesus was punished in our place. Thank God for the unspeakable gift and for the love that was shown at Calvary. That we don't have to bear the burden of our sins anymore. If you are an unbeliever here, if you have not trusted in Jesus Christ, I don't judge you, I don't condemn you. I used to be an unbeliever, so does everybody else here. But you must understand that your sins need to be done away with. Which means that they need to be connected to the cross of Jesus Christ and his death. 
They need to be buried with him so that they do not come into judgment. Then as Paul continues, he talks about the fact that we have not just been baptized into the death of Christ, but we've also been raised. God is not the God of the dead. He's the God of the living. In fact, life, all life, comes from God. Life, more abundantly, is the gift of God. Life, in all of its wonder, in all of its beauty, is to be realized once once we get to be with God. But here, right now, in these sinful bodies, with these, still, unfortunately, these sinful inclinations that we have, in a sinful world... There are some important truths that we have to constantly bring to mind. Paul says in verse 4, We've been buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, that's some power there, even so we also should walk in what? Newness of life, not death. Newness of life. Now that is not possible for somebody who is an unbeliever. An unbeliever abides in death. An unbeliever abides under the wrath, the judgment of God. They are not connected to the life of God in the risen Christ. They are not connected to eternal life. They're living, they're wandering, they're thinking, they're doing in this world. It's actually a life of death. And it leads to death. But the Christian is connected to the risen Jesus. You've been raised with Jesus. Now here, I'm not talking about your bodies, obviously. I'm talking about your souls, your spirits. This is Paul's concern here. You have been changed. You have been uh, spiritually transformed. Yes, you constantly feel the tug of the world and the tug of your body which has not been transformed, which has not been saved. You constantly feel the pull of sin, don't you? But there's a reality that you constantly need to bring to mind. That is the remnants of a... uh, and the... uh, the incompleteness of your salvation. Your body still needs to be saved. Your soul needs to be fully connected, as it were, to the sinless spirit. There are still these problems with, with the remnants of sin and with the, uh, the connections of your body to a sinful world. Once those are taken away... You'll never, ever be 
bothered with sin again. But for now, you have to be in the right frame of mind if you are going to live this Christian life. And so please be under, please understand that you have been, your spirit, your soul, your mind has been connected to the risen Jesus. That means you can walk in newness of life. All things are passed away, Paul says, First Corinthians. Behold, all things are new. That's a truth about you. If you are a true member of the church, as his body, it is true about you that you can walk in this newness. It is possible to walk in a life in a way that pleases your heavenly father. It is possible to say no, not to sin 100% of the time, but to sin most of the time. It is possible to live in communion with Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. We have been raised with Christ. These bodies, as I've said many times before, I th- I'm thankful that I have it. I'm thankful that uh, it's uh, still functioning fairly well. But I'm also looking forward to getting my new one. I'm really looking forward to getting one that is never going to help me to sin. And then he continues here in uh, the, the next verses and speaks about because the fact that we've been raised with Christ, we are alive, no longer dead in sins, but now alive in Christ. Verse 5 says, if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Now, clearly, this is speaking about Christ's bodily resurrection, because when you see the word resurrection in the Bible, it always refers to the resurrection of the body. But I'm not teaching here that you've been spiritually resurrected. Don't get, don't go out of here thinking I'm teaching that. I'm saying that your souls, your spirits have been connected to the resurrection of Jesus. You see? Your life, the life that you have now, is related to Jesus' resurrected life. This is why that you have the power, the ability to serve God. This is why you have the ability to say no to sin, to humble yourself, to reckon yourself uh, dead to sin, as he's going to say in verse 11. This is not something that an unsafe person can do. But you and I can if we are in Jesus Christ, if we are truly in the church. You say, well, I thought that the church was the building. 
No. This, uh, this building can be wiped out, taken out of the way, never rebuilt, and we could sit here in the open air on chairs, and we'd be the church, providing, though, that we were connected to the death and resurrection of Jesus, providing we had trusted in Jesus as our Savior. The church is the people, the people of God. Continuing in our passage here, Paul says in verses 8 and 9, If we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. This is a wonderful thing. Being put into the resurrection of Jesus in this spiritual way means that, yes, the bodies that we have, they will be subject to death. But our spirits, our souls, our minds, us, we don't, they don't fear death. You don't need to fear death. You don't, death does not have any fear for you. It has nothing but good news for you. Why? Because you're already connected to the, the risen Christ, you see? You're already connection, connected to life. Sometimes we get up in the morning and we feel kind of half dead. Maybe the world's got us down or you know, relationships get us down or our bodies let us down or, you know, the, the day ahead seems to be formidable. But that doesn't stop the reality from being a reality. We are living in the power of the resurrection. Satan doesn't want you to think that. doesn't want you to remind yourself about that. Paul does. Paul wants you to think that way. He wants you to think that, look, the life I now live, I live by the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The life I'm living, I'm living to Christ and through the power of Christ. Verses 10 and 11 say, For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. And we... Live, live our lives to God because of our connection with Him. Do you ever think about this? Probably not. You probably don't think about the fact that I can serve God and I can live my life and I can go here and there and I can face the future in the power of the Spirit because I'm connected to the risen Jesus. 
But this is what Paul is saying to us. He's not saying that we can do these, you know, marvelous, miraculous things. It's pretty mundane. But we can do great things, or God can do great things through us, as we simply live our lives humbly and meekly in his service, in dependence upon him. God takes the weak things, and it's through the weak things that he glorifies himself. And he can do that because of our connection with the resurrection of Jesus, you see? And so verse 11 is the application. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Not the dead Christ, but the risen Christ. Your old, unbelieving self is connected to the death of Jesus, crucified with him. Your new, born-again side is connected with the life of Christ. You say, well, I don't feel it. That's all right. Because it's not about how you feel. It's never about how you feel. It's about what God's done. Isn't it? It's never about what you feel. But I guess, guess what? You bring this truth to mind. You meditate on it. You tell yourself about it. And maybe your feelings will start to change and match up with reality. This is all about hope. This is all about life. Life wins out. And our lives in Jesus Christ, in the church, our lives have just begun. And things, yes, wind down. Yes, our outward man perishes. But our inward man is renewed from day to day until that wonderful day when we leave these decaying bodies behind and we have full salvation. We see the God who has redeemed us. We see the Savior to whose resurrection we are connected. And the Holy Spirit, who right now is just a, as it were, a down payment, a pledge, a deposit, completely and utterly transforms us into the image of Christ. I know we get impatient. I get impatient. I want that to happen. Okay? But the Holy Spirit is with us. The life of Christ is with us. The glory of God is with us to be the people that God wants us to be until that great day. What am I speaking about here? What's the point of it all? Well, there are many things, but my main contention here 
is simply to introduce to you the church of God. The church of God. It's not some place that you go by rote week after week after week and after week and do your religious duty. It is the living and vibrant community of the risen Christ. And one day, the whole thing is going to be glorified. In Romans 8 and verse 11, the apostle says, But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Everything's been prepared. You're connected to the risen Christ and the Holy Spirit dwells in you right now. You're just waiting for the great day of change. But as far as the connection to the, as it were, the power that's going to change you, you're already connected. As far as the um, ability for you to leave sin behind and to be utterly glorified and to be enabled to inhabit an eternal, glorified, peaceful kingdom, the Holy Spirit's already in you. And so realize, realize what the church is, connected to the risen Jesus. Old Testament saints were not connected to Jesus in that way. Nowhere do you read in the Old Testament that they are indwelt by the Spirit. The Spirit came upon certain people, certain people, for a time, enabled them to do certain things, and then he was gone. Now in Christ, now that he has been raised from the dead, Christians are indwelt by the Spirit. Christians are related to the resurrection. The church is a resurrection reality. Think about that this week. Blessed Heavenly Father, we sometimes forget what's true about us. We sometimes forget what you have wrought within us. We look only skin deep. We see our bodies decaying and hurting and getting weaker, succumbing to uh, age or disease. But Father, the, if we look deeper, if we look into our spirits, we will see a vibrant reality. A wonderful truth. We won't see death. We'll see life. Help us, Lord, to live in the power of Christ's resurrection. Help us to be the church of the risen Christ. In Jesus' name, amen.